0: Hi everyone, today is October 12th, 2019, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week we have a relatively tame week, but a PvE event that has been completely revamped, and those are the Raid Duels. Uh, Raid Duels for Caitlyn Kessler, specifically, and you can obtain Kapakapu, and also the character if you haven't gotten him. Uh, We'll talk about the various improvements, as well as the few new cards we get from that event, as well as a new dual skill. What else happened? We have some small things this week. Um, Mission Circuit, Card Flipper Campaign, those have some new cards in it. I'm going to go back to the uh, DSOD Farmable Reward at the gate. That was a uh, thing that I never really got to go over, so I'll talk about what farmable cards you have from the three characters that are Seto Kaiba, Mokuba, and Scud. We have eSports to talk about some of the new decks that are... Beating the meta right now. Uh, I will speak about this emergency battle phase 2 deck. That's pretty cool. Um, I didn't really get into that tournament. uh, Because I just found out about it right now. Within a minute ago of me speaking. But I'll talk about what's cool about that one deck. Podcast question of the week. We'll talk about structure deck EXs. And my own personal bias against them. Not everyone has that bias. And Doug Dimmedal. Doug Dimmedal is building an Invocation deck with just one copy of Alistair the Invoker. You see decks running with three copies of it and just one Invocation. He's managed to do it with one. So uh, if you're free to play, if you haven't gotten to buy through all the cards, I think I still don't even have Alistair the Invoker. Right, I just don't have the gems right now. But this is a pretty cool deck. It involves various spellcasters. Uh, there there's a spellbook engine, a little spellbook engine. Uh, Silent Magicians, Chocolate Magician Girl, whole shebang. So, uh, Doug Dimedul's section is coming later in the episode. As for myself this week, uh, I would say it's been fairly uneventful. I moved up one rank, uh, so I am in Legend 2 as of last night. And um, I was playing two different Fortune Lady decks. I think first first in Legend 1, I was playing Kara Curry for some reason. I just wanted to try to see if it would work, and it didn't. And then I switched over to this um, Counter Trap Fortune Lady deck, which actually runs the Parshaft package. People have been throwing in the Parshaf package into different decks. And it's actually a really strong play, because you would counter their thing, and then you get a 2600 on the board. But this Counter Trap fairy um, Fortune Lady deck, it ran two copies of Rebirth of Parshaft, two copies of Debunk, I always had bending destiny because I I still only have two fortunately calling and things like that. But then I kept forgetting how to play that. Like I I kept forgetting you had to have a card in the hand to activate Uh So I switched over to this other deck, and this deck is the one I'm currently using. The one that got to legend two. The only thing that's really notable about it, it runs dimensional prison. I only have uh, two of those, so I only have. um, It should run three, but I only have two. Uh, Divine Wrath, very good card. It's a counter trap, but still. um, I'm not running the Parshoth package, but it's very good in the meta right now. Bending Destiny, of course, is what I have. Uh, Shadow Imprisoning Mirror, that was in my King of Games deck, I believe. So it's still. it's, It's less good now. I think there's fewer Dark Reliance, but with Invocation and Alistair. The invoker it's still pretty good powerful rebirth is a card that is uh here now it helps it helps the level um it helps with the 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 synchro plays and then also a copy of wall of d i think that was my budget card sort of but anyways that got me to legend 2 and that's the deck i'll still be playing and as for the pve event i actually got all the cards within two days i think i i'm not sure if i beat all the events or i got all the cards but It made many improvements, which I'll talk about, and yeah, it's been low pressure. I'm just doing what I need to do to get the uh, skill chips and whatnot, and um, yeah, I did all the missions to get the gems with Kapakapu. so I'm just trying to max out my rewards with the event, because I have all the cards I don't really need anymore. All right, let's get to esports. Duel Links Meta uh, Championship Series is going on today. We'll talk about that next week. Um, we'll talk about the emergency battle phase at the end of this. Duel Links Meta Weekly 93. Dark Lords and Neos are neck and neck pretty much uh, in this tournament meta. Um, but the inclusion of Neos and Invocation Neos in specific has allowed Six Sam's to creep up as the second best deck. They showed up Six times in the whole tournament, and all six of them made it to the top 32, so that's pretty impressive. Even the first place deck is a 6-Sam deck, so um, that opening has allowed 6-Sams to emerge. And fortunately, these are the third best deck, and everything else is lagging behind. First place, Medzer beat down 6-Sams, so if you look at this deck, there's something that is very striking. Two copies of Dojo, which means zero copies of Anishi in the main deck, and I think this is the first time I've seen that. It's still in the sideboard if you need it, but um, yeah, he's he's um not there. This deck also has Necro Valley, which we'll talk about later in the sideboard. Otherwise, it's a very um, Conventional deck: You have Grandmaster, three copies of Kizen, one Kazaru, three Fuma, one uh, Legendary Secret, three United, two World Legacy Clash, one Powerful Rebirth, two Dual Wield, and of D. HCS Cyhemoth is also a card I see a lot um, in the um, in the extra deck. I guess that's the play with Grandmaster. I guess second place: Dead Fund Beatdown. Dark, Lords. Dark Lord decks pretty much look the same. They haven't really changed much. Um, so this one that didn't change much, what it is, is 1 Desire, 3 Ixchel, 1 Superbia, 1 Morningstar, 2 Nastin, 1 Tetsulapaka, 1 Back, 3 Banishment of the Dark Lords, 3 Dark Lord Contact, 2 World Legacy Clash, and one Sancti- uh, 2 Sanctified Dark Lord. 3rd place, Gnaw, Beatdown, Invocation, Neos and um, twenty-one cards. That's because they added a lava golem, so that's a that's a play for them. Um, you got your key engine in this thing. You've got your um, invoke uh, three Alistair invocation. Keeper of Dragon Magic is pretty much what made this deck where it is right now. Um, super solid card with the deck. It tutors out your fusion spells. It gets a body on the board. It's a dark. For um, Kaliga, if you if you ever need to play Kaliga, but it's a dark for him. It's got 1,800 attack. It's a really good card. Um, flip-flop, flip-flop frog is still the water here. We, we're going to see other decks run other waters, but here it is. Bacon saver, of course. And you get to play around with the back row. That's pretty much the main thing with this deck. a Three World Legacy Clash and two Mirror Walls. And uh, third place, Minato, Beatdown, Dark Lords, same exact deck as Dead Fun, second place guys. So Dark Lords are seeing pretty much the lowest innovation in the meta decks right now. The other tournament we're going to talk about is Duel Links Taiwan Weekly 75. And this is the two deck format where they have to win both decks. Um, First place, Snow, uh, translated into Stuffy. This is Beatdown... Fusion Neos. So, this is a different deck, actually. And uh, what it is, is there's no invocation package here, but it's just Keeper of Dragon Magic, a Neos Engine, and Hex Sealed Fusion, uh, the Dark Hex Sealed Fusion. And the Dark Hex Sealed Fusion and Magicalized Fusion allow you to play relinquished millennium eyes restrict so it, it serves as a re, relinquished substitute you can play really strong relinquished monster that just negates things and um quick effects effects and things like that and equips them and you know steals them and stuff like that so relinquished is really here and dark cavalry as well dark cavalry is possible with the warriors that is elemental hero neos so you just combine a dark magician and Which the Dark Hex-Sealed Fusion will serve as as well. So um, it's really cool that this card has come back to see play. And I really... I wonder if this makes it to the American scene right now. This is the Taiwanese scene. So very cool addition. uh, Because just because of this Dark Hex-Sealed Fusion. Which we've had forever. And he also... uh, Snow also played a beatdown Dark Lord's deck. This one cut out a Monster. So there's only... Uh, nine monsters, and they added one copy of Hey Trunade. The cutout monster is Morning Star, which is a card we often see cut out. Second place, Core GG. Two different Dark Lord decks Beatdown Dark Lords, Posthumous Army Dark Lords. Uh, not much to remark. This guy has a copy of Hey Trunade in World Legacy Clash. In the Beatdown version, Hey Trunade is definitely a card that is solid for Beatdown because it is such an aggro skill. In the Posthumous Army version, um, a little slower, I guess. It runs Cosmic Cycle instead of, hey, Trunin, it's the same thing, I guess. Third place, Koichi. Light and Dark Invocation Spellbook. So this deck, you've got two copies of Alistair the Invoker and one copy of Invocation for those cards, and the rest is basically a Spellbook deck. Um, I think Alistair the Invoker has really stepped into Spellbooks, being a level 4 Dark. Previously, you ran some combination of Breaker, uh kaiku and magical something kaiku and magical something are, are typically deemed uh not good enough anymore and breaker this is a lone copy of breaker here for back row control he was always the best one of the dark spell casters and now alistair has stepped into the place of those cards and um sealed tombs uh six sam's deck this is a very typical six sam's deck doesn't run any uh, resurrection spells though, and it does run a copy of Dimensional Prison. Finally, third place Makoto. Beatdown Six Sam's. This one runs three copies of Return of the Six Samurai, the resurrection spell I just mentioned. Uh, very, they must banish Fuma a lot because this gets around Return of the Six Samurai, destroying whatever needs to get destroyed. And finally, a beatdown, Invocation Fusion Neos. This is. Um, yeah, th- again this one cuts out the um, invoked package no wait this one does have the invoked package so this one has a little bit of everything i'll just read this deck because it's very interesting one copy of alistair the invoker and one copy of invocation the bare minimum and then they're just going to make coxidus one copy of coxidus one gale lizard that's kind of like the flip flop frog the water monster that fits into coxidus three copies of keeper of dragon magic one, the Dark Hex Sealed Fusion. So this is the one that allows you to make Dark Calvary or Millenniumized Restrict, just one copy. One Bacon Saver, two Elemental Hero Neos, three Neos Fusion, two Magicalized Fusion, one Cosmic Cyclo, two Econ, one Wall of D, and then the Spicy Inclusion, one copy of the Trap Card, the Deep Brave. Target one no- one monster in either player's graveyard during your next standby phase special summon it. So this allows you to use those cards again. Um you can kind of steal your opponent's monsters and use them to fuse stuff and things like that. So it's a pretty cool inclusion there. Last thing I talked, I wanted to talk about for eSports was this deck from Emergency Battle Phase 2, which happened last night. And Six Samarans kind of dominated this tournament. And the first place, Lular, uh a well-known player, beat down Six Sams and the inclusion of two Necro Valleys in the main deck. So... This one doesn't include a Nishi again. Of course, you could side deck and things like that. But that's something you could think about when playing in the ladder. You could just shut down your opponent. Um, you don't have to play Sealed Tombs or Posthumous Army. Just play Beatdown, and then you run two necro Valleys and you're golden. So I guess, of course, you have to get two Necrovalleys. You only have one that could do the trick, too. So, I don't know. It's just something to think about. All right, let's finish up with the Tier List update. Dark Lords and Neos. Neos has been promoted thanks to the convica- uh, the, the Invocation inclusion of Neos. So this is um, you know not just Neos with the old um, Desperado Battle Dragon anymore. It's it's the Invocation version. Tier 2, we have 6 Sam's, Spellbooks, and Desperado. Desperado has been dropped down um, pretty much because the Invocation package is taking up the spot. <laughs> We're gonna see some stupid thing I bet with uh, Invocation and Desperado. Some someone on ladder is gonna f- face that probably. It's not gonna work out well. <laughs> Third, uh, tier three Fortune Lady Triamids. These are less consistent decks. Fortune Lady, you just it's fine for ranked. I mean, you just run your head against the wall. You lose some because you you do your math wrong or you play the cards wrong or something. But I feel Triamids are really good. I don't know. I, I always have a hard time against them, but they're both the tier three decks. And they've removed Gravekeepers and Invoked. Gravekeepers never really had a chance, I think. Um, they, they're fun to play, and Necro Valley is a really good card, but I don't know if the cards do too much at this point. Invo- Invocation has been removed just because this is the pure Invoked version, and we are seeing the version with Neos pop up the most. So now, t- now it's time to talk about the main PvE event for this week Raid Duels Kapakapu. And what I call it is Raid Duels Revamped. Because they've really improved the event. They went they went out of their way to improve this event, I feel like. Last time it was better. But I think the main constraint was you had to collect those um, Dark Vestiges to play the event. And I kept running out of Dark Vestiges. This time they fixed the event so that you don't really need those at all. Um, every so often you have a free duel... And then they have, the best part, is the assist duels. They have three different slots for assist duels. So you could basically set it and forget it. You could just put three in, you auto-duel those, and then you check back the app the next time you open the app, and it's done. And then you get your reward. And then they have rewards for the assist duels. So um, definitely use those to get your skill chips every day. They're giving out, like, three skill chips every day if you beat the guy five times, so... Definitely really good. Turbo Duels have been revamped. Sometimes they put out the monster on the board. Yeah, they put out the synchro monster on the board for you already, so you save some time there. And um Yeah, overall it's just been better. I think the way you don't really need those Dark Soul Dark Dark Vestiges anymore to play the event. I think that's the best card, uh best part of the event. And I was able to get the cards within two days, I think. Um the last card I was missing was the summoned skull card. And eventually I did get that, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely saved me my time. Make sure you do those uh, uh, missions to get all the the gems, so you have to play with a Kapakapu. I think what I did was I put it in a... Um, put in a 6-sam deck or something, or a vampire deck, some deck that... Um, you're able to get some monsters on the board really fast by special summoning, and then you can hit them with the Kapakapu. Yeah, Auto-Duel works fine for those. Let's talk about cards. So some cards are repeated. 100 Ice Dragon, I already have three copies of those. Kapakapu, you can obtain that card for the first time. The new cards, Infernity Force. This is a trap card, SR. Activate only when an Infernity Monster is selected as an attack target while you have no cards in your hand. Destroy the attacking monster and special summon one Infernity monster from your graveyard. So this card is very um, its situational in multiple ways. So Infernity monster has to be attacked. You have to have no cards in your hand. You have to have an Infernity monster in the graveyard. So those are all the situational factors. And then it can be played around multiple ways. They could use... A weaker monster to attack. Their monster could have graveyard protection. They could banish you. So there's there's a lot of things wrong with this card. I think a better card than this is Dimensional Prison. Of course, this is Infernity. Uh, any synergies, you have to draw an Infernity card or whatever that comes into play. But real, right off the bat, Dimensional Prison is just a better version of this card. So, not a very good card. The new card that has some utility... Outside of Infernities, it's the new Summoned Skull, Archfiend's Call. It's a Synchro Summoned Skull. It's a level 6. Uh, same stats as Summoned Skull, a 2500-1200 Dark Fiend. It's a generic Synchro Moxer, so you could use any tuner and any non-tuner. This card's name becomes Summoned Skull on the Field, but is still treated as an Archfiend card, of course. Your opponent cannot target any Summoned Skull you control with effects. If this Synchro Summoned card you control is sent to the Graveyard by an opponent's card... You can special summon one summoned skull from your hand, deck, or graveyard. So this card on its own, um, on its own, it's basically a summoned skull with two lives. And the levels it's it's a level six synchro summon, so it competes with other level six synchro summons. And typically what I found with level six, level six is a utility slot, they're not too strong, they're not too weak, like level fives are kind of weak. Level 4s are kind of weak. Level 7s are kind of the power players and 8. So they're somewhere in the middle. And the most common ones I see, HTS, Psyhemoth, White Aura Dolphin, Hyper Psychic, Riser, Stardust, Charge Warrior. This one has more attack than all of them. White Aura Dolphin gets points for doing like a mirror wall, so it gets less than that. HTS Psyhemoth, very popular for banishing things. I personally don't like it banishing itself, but sometimes that's the play and that's why it sees play. Hyper Psychic Risers, a lockdown card, Star Discharge Warrior. I guess it becomes 2500 and it helps you draw a card. It's not too bad. But Archfiend, Archfiend's Call is decent when you have to keep the body on the board. This guy has two lives already, so he gets destroyed. He gets sent to the graveyard, destroyed by effect. Anything but banish. He'll come back. And then you'll have this, you know, the six star on the board. And then, let's say I'm, pl- I'm playing Fortune Ladies. I'm going to play my Fortune Lady past the next turn. And then I'm going to have a level 7, so this is why I put that into my deck. Um, of course, Summon Skulls have weak defense. Who cares, I guess. 2500 um, is not too bad. It's, it's it's sticky. I like this card. And um, this is better in a more dedicated you know, Archfiend, Summon Skull thing, but I think it's good enough to see some play in the level 6 slot. That's why I have it in my deck. All right. So then we get one more dual skill. We haven't gotten this skill yet because it unlocks tomorrow. But it's called Fleeting Hand. Can be used when your life points are at least 2,000 less than your opponents. Return 1 to 3 cards to your hand to the deck. Then apply these effects based on how many cards. If you return 1, place 1 Infernity Archfiend on the top of your deck from the outside your deck. That seems kind of useless. Uh, 2 cards, play 1 Infernity Necromancer from outside your deck. Okay. 3 cards, play 1 Infernity Launcher face-up. From outside your deck. So basically what you're doing is you're doing two things. You're lowering your hand count. Which is good for Infernities. That's what they do. And then you also get a free card from outside your deck. The the first one seems kind of useless. Because you're not really getting a free card. You're getting uh, one put on top of your deck. But the other ones seem kind of useful. And the thing to note about this. Is you have to have less life points than your opponent. Which makes me think you have to run things like Mirror Wall. Or Cosmic Cyclone to get you to that point. Alright, so now we're going to move on to the podcast question of the week. And this was a bit of a thing I thought about at night because I forgot to post the question of the week. But basically, are Structured Deck EX exclusive cards a problem in Duel Links? And this was kind of precipitated by the inclusion of Structured Deck EX cards since their inception. It all began with the Silent Magician deck that um, at first you could not buy at all with gems. And then they made it so you could buy these... Uh, decks with a thousand gems and then you pay money so I've noticed that with the keeper of dragon magic in specific uh, that was the main chase of the uh, chaos structure deck that came out and the really good invocation decks run three of those so I was wondering if it was a problem the choices were yes buying three copies is too pay to win 40% of respondents said that was a problem Yes, all decks start to look the same. Fourteen percent said that. No, you can play other cards. Thirty-one percent said that. No, you should pay for the best cards. Fourteen percent. So most people are—they're torn between the structured deck EX being too pay to win, and other people say they're not a problem at all. Let's get some uh, tweets from the community. Pro warmer who has the Inner Duelist Monologue podcast, the other podcast for Duel Links, check them out. He knows a lot more about TCG cards. That's, his, that's, his, uh, that's the main difference. Well, we talk about different things, but that's the skill set he has that I don't. So if you, if you come from that TCG background and you like these instances of, oh, this card's going to come to Duel Links, uh, check them out for sure. Why didn't I think about this question? But they may be overwhelming, but you don't have to play the new EX cards to remain competitive. They are more pay-to-play, basically. So Probench Warmer says there's plenty of other options um, to play in Duel Links, and then you don't really need those cards, but if you want to pay for it, then you have the luxury of paying uh, playing those cards. Average Gatsby. Most of the time, all you're getting is a consistency engine for other decks, a.k.a. buy more packs. Even still, I don't feel like it's nearly as whale-to-win as some mini-box sets have been. And even still, a couple of free to play decks have had their times to shine in the meta, and still do. To be honest, a very good discussion they had um, on this thread about engines. Uh, Pro Bench Warmer talks a lot about engines. I I sometimes refer to them as packages. I I have a really poor card um, game um, skill set. I come from the Hearthstone. Uh, that's how I learned how to play digital card games. Frankly, from Hearthstone, but. Uh, anyways, um, the sometimes I get obscured in the fact that it's cheaper to buy the structured decks than the mini boxes or the boxes. I think it's personally more fun to buy to open up packs and get something random. But then that more fun gambling factor doesn't equate to the economy. So sometimes that is the way to go. And I personally am biased, um, not having had. Bought structure decks in the real TCG when I was a kid. I had to buy booster packs, so that's what it's kind of the problem here. Shiny Sofion. It's actually a good thing for new players that are willing to put a bit of money into the game, as opposed to buying out a box multiple times to maybe get the cards you want. That being said, I'm a whale, so okay, so yeah, same thing I just talked about. Um, it is a little bit of an investment, so um, it's, just, it's just getting past that part, point that you are. Um, paying a little bit of money personally I mitigate this Um, I talk about this a lot I mitigate this by using an Android phone that has the Google Opinion Rewards app and the Google Opinion Rewards app is like if you go to a store or a restaurant or you pass by a store or a restaurant typically they know you're if you're in the store because you're in there for a bit and you know they're spying on us and all this stuff and they know if you bought stuff, but basically you say if you went to the store, you have the receipt, if you paid money with a credit card or debit card, and they give you free money to buy apps and things. So I personally have made $52 from Google Opinion Rewards, and I've used this for duolingo, frankly. So this is my way of being of paying for things even though I'm getting free money. So if you have an Android f- phone, definitely check out Google Opinion Rewards. All right, the ad is over. Uh, Google should pay me more for this ad, but anyways, let's get back to the podcast question of the week. Card Game Penguin says, I feel like structured decks are a good compromise. While I'm not opposed to spending on boxes, I can't afford to go through a main box three times like some will. I feel without the structured decks, only the whales would have an advantage. Yep, so this is the same thing about me being fixed on the point that you have to pay this, put this money up front while you can't, you have to wait forever or. You have to pay money for the boxes and mini boxes. Dark Slayer Areem. Without the EX structure decks, I feel like whales uh, would absolutely dominate the meta. The structure decks being available at one copy for gems is very impactful. You can get a strong consistent deck for like $5 as opposed to the several hundred you'd need to invest for a box. <laughs> Echoing the same point again. And Gas Station Gyoza will end it. I think that EX structure decks are a nice addition to the game. I don't mind blowing twenty dollars every couple months on guaranteed cards, yeah. So overall, everyone agrees um, or disagrees with me that ex structured decks are a good thing for the game. Um, Of course, it's me getting past my own obstacle of paying a little bit for a card that, um, and also my own personal thing of liking to buy booster packs and liking to see what I get and it being inefficient at the same time. So maybe in the future I'll consider um getting more of this or spending money actually. It's not it's not like I'm not making money, and and uh, I guess I'm too cheap, I guess that's the issue. But um yeah, so I guess I'll drop this issue for now. I will always have a personal bias against EA structured decks, but um and but and of course there's other cards to play. That's another point. Like I don't have to play those cards. Um so yeah, that's all I have to say about the issue for now. And thanks for everyone for participating and putting their voice in. I will have a question of the week. Hopefully, I'll think of something better um, next week. And hope you participate then. Moving on, we're going to get to some odd and end cards here. Uh, We're getting some cards from the Mission Circuit. One new card from the Mission Circuit, actually. And it's, it's following a theme. This is another Sherry LeBlanc card from 5Ds. That isn't really a card. They're the... Kind of the bootleg Noble Knights. there are a worse version of Noble Knights, but they are kind of synergy with them. Or Sacred Knights, I don't know what you call them. But anyways, this is the Horse of Floral Knights. Level 3 Beast 400-800. When this card is Normal Summoned, you can add one Sacred Knight Spear Holder or one Polymerization from your deck to your hand. So this is a weird card. You get to tutor two cards. um, One or two cards. Sacred Knight Spear Holder helps you tutor a... Equip spell. So this is mainly for Polymerization. You get a free Polymerization. You don't have to tribute this card. This card is a Wind Beast, so think about anything you make with the Wind beasts. Um Yeah, so... There is a card, like, Blazeman, I think, Elemental Hero Blazeman, that does the same thing with better stats, so this is a budget version of that card, basically. Um... There are better spells, fusion spells in the meta right now. Of course, Neos Fusion, Invocation. This is just in consideration if you need to polymer, if you need to get a polymerization in your hand, and then you can use it for a beast or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's a free card. That's all I have to say about it. Mission Circuit's one of the better events, so make sure you do that. Um, you get your duels in, and you get all your rewards. The card flipper campaign is also going on right now and we get our second copy of destiny hero blade master level three warrior 300 600 dark during your opponent's battle phase you can discard card. all face of destiny hero monsters you control gain 800 attack until the end phase so this is a hand uh, combat trick really um it's kind of really saw any play as a one of it does help your masked hero Anki get over some 3,000 attackers, so that's some consideration there. Uh, right now, you're basically fighting uh, Dark Lords, so they have a lot of attack, so it helps you get over it, and then you could get a mask change and chain them all out. It helps a little bit, but um, I'm not really sure how impactful a second copy of this card is. Um, maybe you could discard two of them, I don't know, but it seems like it'll clunk up the hand a bit. And and masked heroes typically don't have a ton of cards unless they use that um, card that draws two. In Dark City, we're getting a third copy of Dark City. When a Destiny Hero Monster attacks, if its attack is lower than the attack of the target, the attacking monster gains a thousand attack during damage calculation. Third copy of the field spell, of course, uh, it goes without saying that we're better off playing the Aster skill that already puts this on the board. So there is one like that. There's no need to clog up your deck slots with three copies of Dark City. Uh, we are seeing, whenever that um, Neos uh, deck came out, they were playing the J- Jaden skill with uh, Neos uh, Neospace. So uh, having the skill be the field is better than having three copies of the card in your deck. Now to move on to a topic that I've skipped for two weeks in a row, uh, Dark Dimensions, Farmable Rewards at the Gate. So these are the Farmable Rewards you can get from Seto, Mokuba, and Scud. Let's talk about the cards. Kaiba's cards, we get Assault Wyvern as you are. Level 4 Light Dragon, 1800, 1000. When this card destroys an opponent's monster by battle, you contribute this card, special summon one dragon monster from your hand or graveyard except for Assault Wyvern. So this is a clunky card for Blue Eyes. Um, Blue Eyes do it so much better with the Snipe Hunter. Throwing things away, the the eggs and the stones. And then the Silver's Cry, and then the um, Cosmo Brain, all those things. This could work for some Chaos strategy, though. It's light, and we have a lot of Chaos support cards. Um, this kind of card, like a Chaos Dragon deck, I mean. This card would be really good in this game's inception or early on when 1800s were meta this would have been a really good card but they waited till now where it's borderline unplayable and kind of fitting into a fun deck than a good card that's where it stands right now crystal dragon level six light dragon 2500 1000 once per turn during your battle step, if this card battled this turn, you can add one level eight dragon monster from your deck to your hand. Um It has to get credit for battling, so I guess that as long as the position doesn't change, um it could get defeated in a battle, I guess, and then you could I'm not sure if it can get defeated in a battle or could hit something in defense mode, I don't know what, but um it can tutor blue eyes to the hand. Um but again same thing as assault wyvern it's too clunky to put into blue eyes this one I see less useful than assault wyvern for a chaos type deck um, yeah, and the stats aren't aren't anything spectacular right now one tribute 2500 1000 defense so not too impressive card either and then an SR dark sacrifice trap card. When your opponent activates a card or effect that would destroy a card in the field, negate that effect, then send one level three or lower Dark monster from your deck to the graveyard. So, you know this would only see play in a deck that runs low level Dark monsters on purpose. Um, it doesn't negate and destroy a monster's ability. Most often, we see monster effect destruction nowadays. I think the only card that does do effect destruction as a trap is Treacherous Trap Hole. But basically this counter treacherous trap hole and it negates those monsters effects of course but it doesn't destroy them that's what that's what makes this card not that good and it's not a counter trap so you can't include it in the staff package which relies on counter traps being played so again um, not a really good card overall Kaiba's cards aren't too good it's kind of like the thing if you're farming for econ again sure but these new Uh, Dark Side of Dimension cards aren't all that impressive to me at all. I mean, Assault Wyvern is a nice card to have, but it's one that you probably won't put in your deck at the same time. Alright, let's move on to Mokuba, and he has the best cards, as we know, because um, Thunder Dragons are a King of Games deck. So, if you want a free-to-play... I don't know if it's free-to-play, because they invest in the last box, but... Um, These cards are obtainable from Mokuba, so make sure you farm him. Thunder Dragon Dark, level 5 Dark Thunder, 5 stars, 1600-1500, same stats as Thunder Dragon. Quick effect, you can discard this card, add 1 Thunder Dragon Dark from your deck to your hand. If this card is banished, sent from the field to the graveyard, you can add 1 Thunder Dragon card from your deck to your hand. Except for Thunder Dragon Dark, you can only use 1 Thunder Dragon Dark effect per turn and only once per turn so basically what this card is is um, goal isn't really to use this card to attack or to offend because it's really bad in those regards but it's a card you throw away you tutor another one of this card you special summon one from the graveyard or you banish it from the graveyard and then you get another card so basically this is a card advantage card um There's some internal synergy with the Thunder Dragon cards, so this is a really good card because you can get two cards. It's not about the stats, it's about getting two cards. Thunder Dragon Matrix, level 1, Light Thunder, 0, attack, 2000 defense. Quick effect, you can discard this card, target 1 Thunder Monster you control, it gains 500 attack. If this card is banished, or sent from the field to the graveyard, you can add 1 Thunder Dragon Matrix from your deck to your hand. You can use one effect each turn and once that turn so a little bit a little hand combat trick modest boost to 500 attack uh, these guys are pretty understated themselves so it does help them get over some monsters you can tutor from the deck thins the deck and there's the internal synergy we could just banish it or whatever to do that so again pretty solid card here's a trap card thunder dragon discharge continuous trap the activation of your Thunder Dragon's monster's effects cannot be negated. Once per turn, if a Thunder Dragon is normal or special summoned to the field, you can target one spell or trap on the field. Banish one Thunder Dragon from your deck if you do destroy that. Very good card for the archetype. Um, it prevents those counter effects from happening. So there's a lot of counter traps now that prevent those effects from going off. Um, you You summon a monster, you special summon a monster... Back row control, so you could, it's continuous back row control. And then you banish the monsters. You banish the monsters and then you get their abilities going off. So a lot of internal synergy here as well. Last card that isn't a Thunder Dragon is Dragon Manipulator, level 3 Warrior 700 800, flip flip effect. Take take control of one face of dragon monster on your opponent's side of the field until the end of the end phase. So this would be a really good card in the meta if everyone was still playing blue eyes and red eyes i think there was a meta where that was happening and it's only going to be a tech card if that happens again so if there is a dragon apocalypse going on in Duel links we have dragon manipulator to help control that hopefully you could use those monsters to synchro summon and waste them somehow but um this would only be a tech card if that were to ever happen again Overall, Mokuba's cards are definitely worth farming um, if you are interested in playing Thunder Dragons. And the last player's cards are Scud, uh, the, mo- the most useless cards in this set. Tyrant's Tantrum, Continuous Trap. Activate by tributing two monsters. Your opponent cannot activate a spell card unless they also spend a- send a spell card from the deck to the graveyard. This is a disruption card. Um, it's not hard to pull off with tokens... And it doesn't seem too devastating in Links because a lot of decks do run three copies of spells. Invocation is a card that it does counter because it, it only run one of it. But then they also have like Neos Fusion and things they could throw it away. I don't think there's a deck that it really does counter where they're saying they're running one sh- one spell card or whatever. So this is a disruption card. Maybe you'll see a plan in some stall deck where they're trying to bore you to death. Maybe. I don't see it though. Soul Tiger is a vanilla Earth Beast 4 star, 0 attack, 2100 defense. This is a very outdated version stall card. Uh, Stall card in the beginning of the game. Uh, It's ran high defense monsters and things, and it doesn't have any offensive value either, so there you go. Not much to say about Soul Tiger. Minar, level 3, insect, 850, 750. When this card is discarded directly from your hand to the graveyard by an effect of a card controlled by your opponent, inflict a 1,000 points of damage to your opponent's life points. So This would be devastating if there were cards that actually did this. Um, but there aren't. Hand discard is very rare nowadays. So, um, I don't see how they could pull this off. In, in the event that it happens where hand Discarding and hand disruption becomes a thing. Sure, this will see some plays of tech card, but I don't see this happening. Uh, and, and usually it's random. Usually they discard a card by random. And yeah, I don't see it happening. It would be good if it did happen, but I don't see it happening. And the last card is DD Trainer Level 1 Dark Fiend 100 Attack 2000 Defense Vanilla. This card gets credit. For being a 1 star with a lot of stats. It's got a lot of defense. Usually these high defense monsters are 4 stars, 3 stars. This one's just 1 star. Maybe there's a play where you have some niche use for this. There's Sometimes you manipulate the levels. You transform it into something else. Maybe there's a play for that. Being a level 1. But still, this is on the outside looking in. Being just a vanilla 2,000 defense monster. They're not doing much anymore. Alright, that's all I have to say now. It's time for Doug Dimadul. He has a very cool deck here for anyone who is budget like me. Um, It's a budget invocation spellcaster deck. And a notable thing about it is it only runs one copy of Alistair the Invoker. So, if you're on a budget, if you're still buying through the box and trying to get through some duels with just one copy of Alistair the Invoker and play invocation, here's the deck for you. So check out Doug right now.
1: Hey there, this is Doug Dimmadool with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. This week I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want to add some consistency to getting the Invoked engine going and going quickly. Uh, I'm still running this deck with only one copy of uh, Alistair the Invoker and the Invocation spell card. I only got one of each... And boy, the gems are running low, because I've already maxed out all my characters, and it looks like Doug is in a little bit of trouble here. I might have to reach into the heart of the credit card, but because of my limitation to only one uh, Alistair the Invoker... I decided to try and uh, make things a little more consistent, so naturally I went with the light and dark skill with Loomis and Umbra. As long as it's the same type and same level, you can swap out a uh, dark or light uh, monster in your hand for one of the same, uh, same level and same type. So essentially what I'm trying to do is run a lot of light spellcasters and very few dark spellcasters, but uh, Alistair the Invoker is the dark spellcaster that's level 4 that I want to go for. So what's a level 4 light spellcaster? Well, you should know this. It's Silent Magician. Silent Magician, you already know. She's in that uh, paywall EX uh, structure deck there. So if you're not uh, pay-to-play or pay-to-win, then, uh, you know, there's other ways you could do this. There's plenty of other level 4 light spellcasters, but... There's an opportunity here, so I'm running Silent Magician. So the other light spellcaster I run are the three copies of Lilo Light Sworn Sorceress, level 4 spellcaster. You could target one spell or trap card your opponent controls. This card's battle position cannot be changed until the end of your next turn. Also, change this card from face-up attack position to face-up defense position, and if you do, destroy that target. Once per turn during your end phase, and the top three cards of your deck to your graveyard, this could come into play pretty well if it has some graveyard fodder for your invocation spell, so that could work out but then what I do, just because I'm trying to keep things really spicy, and I'm looking for a water monster in order to get my invocation play into Invoked, uh, uh, Cositis. I don't know how you pronounce that, Casitis. it's that Dragon Fusion with the 2900 defense, 1800 attack, it requires an Alistair the Invoker, and one water monster, yeah, that one, so... You run Spellbook Magician of Prophecy, and you run a very small Spellbook engine. So what do I mean by small Spellbook engine? I just mean two copies of Spellbook of Secrets, one copy of Spellbook of Fate, and two copies of Spellbook of Power. So you're really only going to get your Spellbook of Fate playoff only once in the game, but that's really not your win condition. This is not an entire Spellbook's deck, but you can actually use this little small engine to your advantage if you're trying to go the Spellbook route. Uh, and ultimately, you can get into your Silent Magician play, and when you run three copies of Silent Magician or even two or one or whatever you want to have your at least your one copy of Silent Magician level eight that's all I run it's a 3500 attacker uh, it has to be special summoned through the skill of um, through the effect of Silent Magician so the level eight though it's uh, cannot be or it's unaffected by your opponent's spell effect so that's a still a pretty powerful skill to have but again that's not always your win condition either I round things out with uh, having Breaker the Magical Warrior. Just one copy of it. That's all I really need in case I want to search out a back row destroying uh, spellcaster. That's a dark level 4 because I'm going to have a lot of light level 4 spellcasters. And then to round things out, I'll run my two copies of Chocolate Magician Girl. Because this deck is virtually entirely spellcaster monsters, Uh, it just makes sense to have Chocolate Magician Girl. So, uh, again, you could just discard... Uh, You know, one Spellcaster monster to the graveyard, uh, draw a card, it allows you to go through your deck rapidly, uh, and then ultimately, you could always, uh, if your opponent's trying to attack into your Chocolate Magician Girl, you target one of your Spellcasters, summon it onto the field, cut the attacking monster's attack in half, and uh, do some serious work. So, Invocation, you know what this one is, you could fusion summon one Fusion monster from your extra deck using monsters from your hand as fusion materials. If summoning an Invoked Fusion monster, you can also banish monsters from your field and or either player's graveyard as fusion materials if this card is in your graveyard you can target one of your banished uh, alistair the invoker shuffle this card into your deck and if you do add that alistair to your hand so the, you really only need one copy of this spell card but man i would just like a little more consistency and possibly have maybe two copies of alistair the invoker i feel like that would be the sweet spot for a deck like this because light and dark make things so consistent but effectively, there's really three ways to, to win with this deck. You could either go the Silent Magician route. You could go the, uh, the Spellbook route and try and banish and get some quick hits in there. Or you could go the Invocation route and get some of these strong monsters going. So um, I don't have an Earth monster in here, but that's a really... St- you got Invoked uh, uh, Magellanica, uh, so if you could just rely on your opponent maybe having an Earth monster in their graveyard, you could always get into that play. I like to run two copies of Invoked Kaliga. It's a level 4 Uh, fusion, it requires one Alistair and one Dark Monster. It's only got 1,800 defense and 1,000 attack, but it allows you to start using your opponent's Dark Monsters in their graveyard. But if a monster's effect attempts to activate, none of that player's monsters can activate their effects for the rest of this turn while this card is face-up on the field, and also each player can only attack with one monster during the battle phase. So... This card has potential, it's pretty good, but really the whole name of the game is to get uh, Invoked uh, Kosaitis out there as quickly as possible, because the card cannot be targeted. Uh, and then if you're able to you know, pair things up with your Alistair from your hand, it gives it a nice attack boost. It can attack while it's in defense position, so all of those uh, Mirror Force cards, you don't got to worry about. Wall of D, not a big deal, because your monster is attacking from the defense position. Uh, and then at the same time, too you got a lot of back row destruction. We're talking about Lila the Lightsworn uh, Lightsworn Sorceress. You got your Breaker the Magical Warrior. You got your Silent Magician to negate stuff. Overall, I mean, you could really do some work with this deck, but it's not the most competitive. It's really a kind of a deck that doesn't really have its own full identity, but it's kind of got a mishmash of different win conditions, so it can be pretty diverse, but at the same time, too, it can brick pretty hard. But that's why Light and Dark is probably one of the best skills to run with a deck like this. It works out nicely, but I recommend definitely giving it a shot. So uh, anyway, that's it for this week's casual deck of the week. I will see you next time. Take care.
0: Alright, thanks Doug. And you can check out Doug Dimadul on Twitter, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk, and also on this podcast every week with his casual deck of the week. So we're going to wrap it up with upcoming news. Uh, the next PvE event is another Bell event. So you get to obtain Jaden slash Yubell if you don't have this character already. And also um, a new skill for that character as well. Loomis and Umbra are getting retired so they're coming to the gate where you could farm their cards. Um, they're, a, they're a character that um, were mainly used for their dual skills so you know light and dark and things like that. Um, dual quest that happens every month pretty much. the, the turbo dual Grand Prix is happening in late October so maybe some new things there. The weevil event is happening so that's pretty <laughs> interesting there. Some new insector cards there. And updates for October. Checking the skill list again. I don't think that has happened yet where you could see the opponent's graveyard and banish list. Alright, so that's it for this podcast. Thank you very much for everyone for tuning in. Um, you can check out this podcast anywhere to search the Dual Assessment. Uh, all the notes are on the WordPress site. And Twitter, Dual Underscore Assessment, me at CCG. Okay, alright. Thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you next week.